0: One, two, three. Well, I take a couple deep breaths. Should I, did I even say hello yet? Hey, welcome back, holy messes, to episode 21. This is his holy mess, Father Paul Who is? Is this your first time here? It's going to be messy. I, are you okay? I, why am I sounding like Mark Maron on the beginning of his podcast? Today's Ash Wednesday. You, you wouldn't be able to tell that because I don't know what happened to my ashes. I got ashes. I have not taken a shower. I didn't work out yet. And my ashes are gone. And it's not like they sprinkled them on the top of my head. So I, it's, it's never happened to me, but I, it doesn't matter because I don't need to tell you because Jesus says, like, don't act like you're fasting. Don't, put the ashes, you know, don't, don't, don't make a big deal about yourself. Just do what you gotta do. Don't let your left hand know what your right hand is known. Do you, are you one of these people that like, you can't wait to tell people what you're doing for Lent? Cause I know some people like that and uh, it becomes more about them than about Jesus. But then you have the other extreme where people are like, I don't have to do anything for Lent. I mean, God loves me anyway. It's like, yeah, well, um, yeah. Okay. God loves you, but I mean, can, can you do, so? something for somebody can you can you do an extra act of charity can you give something up for somebody else <sighs> there's so much to talk about this is episode 31 it's the season of Lent. things are getting real things are getting busy this is a busy season I have a lot going on uh I, I gotta be honest with you I'm very nervous because I have a comedy show coming up in Mesa Arizona I'm doing a Catholic Comedy Festival or technically the Saint Neri. St. Philip Neri festival, um, that this guy, uh, Steven, uh, Garone is running. Uh, he goes by Catholic comedy on Twitter and his wife is Mrs. Catholic comedy. I just got to meet them when I was in Arizona a couple of weeks ago. I went down cause a friend of mine was getting married. And then I went on a silent retreat in the desert, which ended up being one of the worst experiences of my life. But I'm going to, I'm going to save that story for now. Cause I think I'm going to make like an entire comedy bit out of it. Um, but yeah this is like a big deal uh for me at least and it's a really good opportunity and but i'm nervous i'm doing 30 minutes i'm opening up for a guy named jeremy mckellen or jeremy mcclellan i'm not sure how to pronounce it and bishop robert Barron, like he's with word on fire and did a whole catholic comedy course with bishop robert Barron, and he's like a professional comedian with hundreds of hundreds of thousands of followers and like, I do stand-up comedy once in a blue moon. I'm a Catholic priest. That's my main vocation. I'm a cemetery chaplain. I'm giving talks here and there and everywhere, uh, which is really a good thing. But I like doing comedy. I always wanted to be a comedian. Even when I was in the seminary, like, I wanted to be a priest comedian. And uh, but I, can you pray for me? Could this be real? Can this podcast be different from other podcasts or maybe from other clergy podcasts where I could just, like, just show you, like, totally that I'm like you, I'm weak. I'm, I'm a human being. You know, some people have unrealistic expectations of priests. Don't get me wrong. Priest, there should be a high expectation, but some people like it's un, like, we are human. Do you know what I mean? Like we're human. That doesn't mean I'm not, when I say we're human, that doesn't mean like, all right, so just, you know, forgive us all of our sins or we're sinners. And that's just how it's going to be. Like I'm not talking about it. I'm not talking about like scandal stuff. I'm just talking about like regular human weakness. You know what I mean? Can I can I be real with you? Some people are uncomfortable with that. We're uncomfortable with sharing our our fears and our and our thoughts. I've had a blast with this podcast so far—a real blast. Um, but I keep saying that sometimes I feel like we like it got away from the theme a little bit because, you know, I'm interviewing a lot of amazing people and Catholic celebrities and people in the world of like evangelization and stuff like that. But I also want to give them like I want to get back to the heart of the very first episode here and there um and let like let you know that like god loves you in your mess and god loves me in my mess and like you don't have to have the perfect lent do you understand what i'm saying like you don't have to have the perfect lent god loves you what's you should do something and i do believe in a tough lent i do not for for what we could do and for our own discipline but so that like we can appreciate more how much we depend on god how much we depend on him I did this 14 minute interview, uh, 14 minute intro to this episode last night. And I was really happy with it, but it has a lot of audio feedback and I'm by myself in this like studio and I I still don't know what I'm doing. And I have like a green screen screen behind me, which is really just a green cloth that like I had to put up and like these little ring lights and, and all this stuff, what's the point and purpose of it all. Okay. It's hopefully to pass a message that you are loved and to remind myself that that i am loved last night this priest said to me that loving yourself is a commandment it's a com- like loving yourself is a commandment jesus it's not a suggestion do you understand jesus said love others as yourself love god first and love others and as yourself like loving yourself not not In a you know egotistical, arrogant way. I mean, that's not really loving self anyway. That's just acting out of like absolute insecurity, or like people on social media. Like I do this all the time: checking views, checking likes, you know, checking how many downloads. You know, like that's not really who we are. Do you know what I mean? We're loved. Like I I think I've been watching The Chosen a lot lately, and that's been showing me just how much like God is so ridiculously merciful. And I know the chosen isn't the Bible. I get it, but I I've never seen a show like it. If you haven't seen the chosen do it, if you're going to do, and some people might say, what that that's all you're going to tell them to do for Lent. If you, if you're going to do one thing for Lent, watch the chosen. It's not like, it's not a, like a sacrifice. It's hours and hours of time. Watch the chosen. Okay. Uh, by Dallas Jenkins. Because maybe there's some other weird chosen thing out there that I you're going to be like, oh, yeah, what's that? So, <sighs> I love The Passion of the Christ by Mel Gibson. Totally different thing. That's a movie. It's about the last 24 hours of life. I've never seen anything about Jesus Christ and the apostles and the people that he served. Anything. Uh, and I've watched a lot of Christian stuff. And I'm kind of skeptical of some Christian stuff because it's, it's a little hokey. Not always the best acting. Not always beautiful art. This is beautiful. And it's, again, it's not gospel, right? But um, it's not church teaching, you know? Um, but man, it expresses it beautifully. bea beautiful, if I can, from Bruce Almighty. So there's so much to talk to you about. This episode primarily is going to be a talk. Um, I gave a talk about a month ago to the entire confirmation program at St. Helens in Westfield, uh, to all their ninth graders, all their 10th graders, Patty Gardner, who's the youth minister there, Mike Fusco, who is uh, one of the, um, the director of religious education there, um, uh, DREs as they call them. They invited me, I went six different times, I told my uh, some of my story, not all of my story, but some of my story, and I talked to them about prayer, I talked about them about God. Uh, so about 500 to 600 ninth and 10th graders i tried to relate to them about where i was at seventh eighth ninth tenth grade and then like bam like i i i I worked really hard on it and i loved it like i love i love talking to them and i always knew that i want to make it a podcast episode and 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 here it is here here it's 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 going to be and it's short the talk's only like 36 minutes long so far this intro is only like eight minutes so this might be You know one of my shortest podcasts since episode one uh the pilot uh share it if you can this is going to be on youtube and you could also listen so by the way some of you who are only listening who don't are not on social media at all i know there are some of you at least my therapist she tells me that (laughs) yeah priests could see a therapist you know what i'm saying um no 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 stigma stigma free and um so a couple of my podcasts i'm starting to do some video ones so yes you could find it wherever you listen to podcasts apple Podcasts, spotify google podcast whatever you go to my website which is um www.a-holy-mess.captivate.fm which we're gonna i'm gonna like trust me uh, there's a guy already my mom's friend miguel he's gonna uh hook something up for me where it's gonna be much better i'll put the um the website in the show notes a-holy-mess.captivate.fm all right so but also on youtube i have put up uh a video podcast of my interview with matthew kelly i put up a video podcast of my interview with uh coach kevin gilbride from the new york giants um and i think those are the only two and then you're going to be able to see this so you could see this you could watch this on youtube or you could just listen to it wherever you wherever you get your podcast. Uh, if you could do me a favor, if you can rate and review, if you could pause this right now and rate and review, whether you're watching this on YouTube, whether you subscribe to my channel, whether you like it, whether you uh, put something in the comments or on Apple Music, you could um, do uh, one of the, one out of, there's five stars, or you could leave a review also on Spotify. So if you could do that, that would be awesome. Uh, if you want in any way shape or form to donate to this podcast uh, I'm in this studio right now I want to work on like really building up the studio getting like professional cameras because I want I want like to start to put everything um, in the studio, obviously, when I'm interviewing people like in another state, that's not going to be possible. Right right now, I'm just working with my Mac computer. And as you can tell, the graphics, it's just it's not it's just not good. So we're just gonna try to continue to build that up. Thank God I have a good microphone. Uh, but during this lent, there's so many other more important things of almsgiving to give to the poor and to the to the needy. I mean, not just to a podcast. But if you want to donate, you can find us at a holy mess podcast on PayPal or a holy mess podcast on um on Venmo, uh, eventually I'll get into the, the Patreon thing, which, which people do. So, um, But I, what I want to say to you before I introduce this, this episode to you is that, uh, and I really wish you could hear what I said last night, but the audio was just insane. Do something, don't let this Lent go by. Don't let this Lent go by as just another Lent. What's one thing, how can you invite God into your heart? With, why You could say a prayer, watch The Chosen, because I think that's going to lead you to prayer. Do the Bible in a Year podcast for Lent, you know, uh, Father Mike Schmidt's Ascension Press, Bible in a Year podcast. Right now, they're do, do doing Catechism in a Year, but um, uh, the Bible in a Year has been a real blessing for a lot of people. What's something extra that you could do? And, and it's not just about like giving up stuff, just, you know, if you're going to give up chocolate and then not pray, like, what's the difference? Or if you're going to give up, I don't know, like, alcohol, but, like, not go to church, like, what's the point? This stuff is supposed to lead us closer to Christ, lead us closer to His cross. The desert exists so that we can experience the overflowing waters of His divine mercy. The 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 dryness exists for the utter divine dew and moisture, if you will. If you will, you know what I mean? Uh, I was just in the Arizona desert. It was insane in the membrane. Insane. I had, oh my gosh, I got lost in a mountain. I got stuck in the pitch black. I'm not going to tell you the whole story right now. Um, but I want to let you know, like, I and I realized I have like a, a serious, I have a serious unhealthy fear of death. Um, and I'm a cemetery chap, but I'm a Catholic priest. I believe in eternal life. But man, when I thought that I might die in the middle of the desert, uh, on a mountain, in the pitch black, uh, the Lord was letting me know that. So what's your relationship like with the desert of life? What's your relationship like with being scared, feeling abandoned, feeling like you're going to die, lost, scared? Do we trust that, that the Lord is the Lord of life and death? Do we trust that whether we live or die, we are the Lord's? The only reason why we have Lent is for Easter. Like, that's the only reason. We would not have Lent if it wasn't for Easter. Lent is to prepare us for Easter. Lent is beautiful in and of itself, but Lent doesn't exist for itself. Lent exists to help prepare us for Easter. Easter the resurrection, the glory, the, the baptismal waters, the hallelujahs, the, Oh my gosh, he just said hallelujah. And, it, and it's, and it's when we're not in the liturgy, calm down, come, come yourself. So, uh, listen, there's just a lot going on and, um, I'm going to try to do the best I can these next couple of weeks. We're getting podcasts out there and thank you to all of you who have been saying that this has been a blessing for you. I'm just going to ask for prayers. I'm going to ask for prayers for God's people. Uh, for all of us and for people who are truly in need, this world is, is insane. We're all trying to do our part, um, but I got to be honest with you. I'm really nervous about this comedy festival and um, may the Lord's will be done. So listen up. I I hope you like this. Um, oh my gosh, this intro is almost the exact same time as last night's intro. What do you get? All right. So all right. Shout out to Jen Benke from the Office of Evangelization and for her podcast called Heart of the Ark for the Archdiocese of Newark. Check that out. There's probably a thousand other things that I want to promote or whatever. But well, without any further ado, I give this talk to you. It's about 36 minutes. It's a talk that I gave to teenagers, ninth graders, tenth graders. I hope it blesses you. I hope it blesses blesses your teens and feel free to share it do whatever it is let's pray come holy spirit fill the hearts of your faithful and kindle in them the fire of your love send forth your spirit and they shall be created and you shall renew the face of the earth listen don't try to be perfect let god perfect you don't try to be perfect don't try to be immaculate let the lord purify you what are you going to let him do for you this lent what are you going to let, let, let Jesus do for you this Lent? Sometimes we just need to shut up, turn everything off, and receive his love and his mercy. God bless you. Love you. Peace in the Middle East. A very imperfect, uh, messy priest. God bless. Hi. Hi. I was going to say welcome, but I'm a guest, um, so... In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to be here today to share a bit of my story, my testimony, and to share about prayer. Lord Jesus Christ, I am nothing without you. I ask that you speak um, that your truth, that your beauty, that your mercy, that your love comes through. And I pray for every single uh, teenager here, ninth grader here tonight as they're preparing for their Confirmation, more than anything, may they leave these doors tonight, knowing evermore the depth of the love that you have for them. We ask this through Christ our Word. Amen. Amen. As, uh... So, all right, so you're in ninth grade, right? Ninth graders, okay? So last week and the week before, I spoke to the 10th graders, so I started off my talk uh, by saying that, you know, 10th grade was a like a, the beginning of 10th grade was miserable uh, for me uh, And then the rest of 10th grade was amazing. Well, I'm gonna start off by telling you that 9th grade for me was Probably one of the worst years of my life um, I was 14 years old and by the time I was in 9th grade I was we're going to start off strong. I was getting high all day, every day, uh, all day, every day. And um, you know, I grew up in Garfield, New Jersey. Um, mom, dad, little brother, uh, good kid, good good family. Uh, my mom and dad still live there. You know, grew up, regular kid. was into sports, playing video games, you know. Sega Genesis, Super Nintendo I don't even know if you've ever heard of these things um, Super Nintendo, Sega Genesis when I was dead broke man. you know that song? All right thank you. okay, you know juicy. I couldn't picture this. anyway, so the notorious BIG. I'll get back to him in a second. Biggie Smalls. I was in the sports, just uh, football, basketball, baseball, year round. Playing Mortal Kombat with my friends, Madden '94, the best one. And uh, I didn't think too much about life; just was living. But at some point, when I was like 11, going into 12, that 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 year of like you know puberty and I started to think about other things and I started to compare myself to other people and maybe it had something to do with that we were leaving the, my grammar school so we were there from first grade to sixth grade and then we were going to middle school uh, seventh and eighth and we were going to meet like all these people that we never knew before. and. I'm not trying to demonize like certain music or certain television, I'm just telling you my story. So at a certain point, you know, um, getting into 11, 12, you know, I just, all the music that I was listening to, all the stuff that I was watching was telling me that in order to be fulfilled, in order to be happy, uh, in order to be popular, you know, you had to be like the man. And I was, you know, listening, you know, every day, all day, to Notorious B.I.G., and Dr. Dre, and Snoop Dogg, and the Wu-Tang Clan, and, and all this stuff, and just watching MTV constantly, and HBO, and just all this stuff, in your face, in your face, in your face, and, you know, they seemed like, you know, I'm a, I'm a guy, right? So, like, to me, like they were like, they were the men, and I had to be the man, and you had to be tough, and you had to smoke weed, and you had to drink 40s, and, like, you had to have girls on your arm, and, you know, and... And this is so embarrassing and shameful, but like, you know, having a gun was a cool thing. Now, I didn't go out and get a gun, but I took a toy gun and I spray painted it black so that it would look like a real gun and carried it around with me um, like a moron. But that's what I thought, like, to be cool. I just wanted to be cool. I went from, like, not caring about being cool to wanting to be cool. And in order to be cool, this is what you had to do. And unfortunately, I wasn't a leader. I was a follower. So I was being influenced by pop culture and by everything. We didn't grow up in a very religious family. My parents are great parents, amazing parents. We, we just weren't a, a very religious family. You know, I went to church, Christmas and Easter, and, you know, got my sacraments, but it wasn't like a, and, you know, it's not their fault. Maybe they just, you know, I know my dad wasn't raised that way. And it, just I don't know, some people just aren't religious, and, and that's what it was. So life was just, was just the secular. There wasn't that much talk about God. There wasn't that much thinking about God. I always believed in God, but it was very distant for me. God was a very distant thing. I believed God was just kind of like everywhere, and, and that was that. So at a certain point, as I'm going into the middle school, I leave my real friends behind. Like my friends that I had for years and years and years, my true friends, my friends that I played sports with, my friends that I played Mortal Kombat with and and Sega Genesis with and all of that stuff. I left them behind because now I wanted to hang out and I wanted to be accepted by the people who everybody seemed that everybody accepted as they were the most popular, they were the most cool. Right, and looking back, really, like those people, they were the ones that got left back twice. So they were supposed to be in 10th grade, they were only in eighth grade. And maybe that's why they seemed cooler, because they were older and and all this stuff. But I mean, there was literally like this transition. And I wanted, I just, I, I knew I wasn't the best looking. I knew I wasn't the most athletic. I knew I wasn't the most popular. And I wanted to be those things. For some reason, I wasn't enough anymore. My parents weren't enough for me anymore. My friends weren't enough for me anymore, and I wanted more. Now, that wanting more is not necessarily a bad thing, and I'm going to get back to that, all right? But what I thought the more was is that I was missing out on this stuff, on this partying, so I did start to smoke and to drink and eventually got into to much heavier things, and I went from being obsessed with sports and, and loving sports to, to walking off Triple threats practice freshman year of high school because I'd rather just go and get high all day, and I just quit sports completely to just get high all day every day and hang out and laugh and and it was fun in the beginning. It was fun in the beginning, and I was accepted. And I was hanging out with these hard people, you know, that people feared. I didn't care how I was known. I just wanted to be known. And um, but you know, it's interesting because. All that stuff, it, it was fun at first, but then it, there was like this, I was still empty. I was going to sleep every single night with shame, and I was fighting with my parents constantly, and I know that my mother went to sleep crying many, 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 many nights, and I started to rage out on, on different things, and like if you had it, I tried it. Steroids, I, like anything, because whatever the, the, the fad was, And it was just destroying my my family life. You know, I started to use my parents who raised me, who fed me, who, you know, when I was an infant, you know, bathed me. And now I just see them as an ATM and as a a taxi. And I, I didn't care so much about them. I remember being in family counseling at 12 years old because of how I was acting. And I said to the counselor, and I meant every word I said. I said, can you just tell them to leave me alone? Like, I'm, I'm, I'm fine. Just let them let me do whatever I want. And I usually to say to my mom and dad, when I grow up and I be, have a, a, a kid or a couple of kids, I'm going to let them do whatever they want. Thank God they didn't listen to me. Thank God they were on me. They weren't very strict parents, but they wanted to know who I was with, where where I was, and, you know, all that stuff. And they were on me. Thank God it probably saved my life. One night at uh, at a New Year's Eve party, January, December 31st, 1996, it was a really bad experience. So bad that me, who wanted nothing to do with my my family, just wanted it, it was so bad that I, on my own, me, who was running away from home, I went to my parents and I said, I need help. That was January 3rd, 1997. And I ended up, I was a freshman in high school, and halfway through the school year, I guess, and I ended up going to an outpatient rehab. So I went to an outpatient rehab, about four to five days a week, every day. And I was introduced to 12-step fellowships and started going to that. And I'm not going to lie to you. It wasn't like, oh, I went to rehab and I got clean. It took about five months. took about five months on and off. And then finally, May 21st, 1997, is my clean date, my my clean and sober date to this day. Um, About 25 and a half years, thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. Now, I'm not going to stand here and tell you that I got clean and everything, that I found Jesus Christ. That wasn't even like a thought in my mind. Um, But I will tell you that when I ended freshman year, May 21st, right, so June ends and then you have that summer, I was hanging out with people that were, you know, I mean, in Narcotics Anonymous at the time, there wasn't like a lot of 14-year-olds. So I was hanging out with people that were my parents' age, just doing these fun things, going to meetings and then going to diners or going to the movies or uh, playing pool or, or going bowling. But then... School started, tenth grade started, and I went back. And keep in mind, like everyone knew me as this guy that like was just kind of getting high all day, every day, and partying, and you know, buying and selling and all this stuff. And now I go back, and I'm not doing any of that. And I, and now keep in mind, I my real friends, like my friends from my hometown, my my true good friends, I left behind. Now these kids that I was hanging out with for those three years of getting high. I had to leave behind to get clean. So now, yes, of course I had my family and I had the people in, in, in N.A., but I, I didn't really have anybody. Maybe a, a one or two, but I go back to school and this kid w- literally walks up to me and says, you were much cooler when you used to get high. You're corny now. The very thing, the reason why I got into the stuff in the first place was that I would be cool and accepted right, is now, because I'm getting clean and getting off of that, it's, it's coming back around, it's circling around, so now, you know, I'm not cool, I'm not accepted, and I'm in the hallway one day, and I'm just goofing around, and I, uh, I don't know, I was always into doing impressions, and I always, like, liked comedy and music and stuff like that, and I was just doing this Elvis impression just in the hallway, I don't even know, maybe I was just, you know, by myself or whatever, and uh, oh, I know why, because I was doing a uh, stand up comedy thing for this Narcotics Anonymous thing. So, and one of the impressions I was doing was Elvis, I think. But this, this kid, this peer in high school, he was like, hey, that's not bad. You should try out for the school musical because we're doing a, a musical called Bye Bye Birdie. And the, the lead is Con, or one of the leads is Conrad Birdie, and it's kind of like an Elvis character. And I was like, I don't think so. No way, dude, because at that time I thought that stuff was like really corny and for the nerds and all that type of stuff, and he talked me into it, and I went, and I, I, I just did this Elvis song, and the director hired me and asked me if I wanted it in, and so I said, yeah, and uh, he said, go home and watch everything you can about Elvis Presley. Go watch everything and study Elvis for the role as Conrad, right? So I'm watching a lot of stuff about Elvis Presley, and uh, you have to watch The Ed Sullivan Show, where Elvis really became like a household name. So I don't know if you know of The Ed Sullivan Show, but that was like the biggest show, you know, now it's like Jimmy Fallon or Jimmy Kimmel, then it was The Ed Sullivan Show. So I'm watching reruns, and it's usually like the best of Ed Sullivan, so the years aren't always like mashing up, because Elvis came out 56, and then The Beatles came out in 1964. Right? You do know of the Beatles? You have heard of them? Okay, thank you. Alright, so uh, so I'm watching this Elvis stuff, but then all of a sudden the Beatles come on, And I knew of the Beatles because of my parents, but I never like saw them perform. And <clears throat> they, they start playing this song and it's John Lennon. And uh, just give me a second. Keep in mind I'm in stranger territory. I'm scared. I'm feeling like a loser. I'm feeling like an outcast. And all of a sudden, he starts belting out. John Lennon starts belting out this song called Help. And I'm not really a singer, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do my best, because it really had an impact on me. And he goes something like, help. I need somebody help. Not just anybody help. You know, I need someone. Help. When I was younger, so much younger than today, I never needed anybody's help in any way. But now these days are gone, I'm not so self-assure. I know that I just need you like I've never done before. Help me if you can, I'm feeling down. And I do appreciate you being around. Help me get my feet back on the ground. Oh, won't you please, please help me? I don't know if you ever heard of a song that just like gave you goosebumps or just made you almost start crying and, and feeling these warm, fuzzy feelings. But whatever he was singing, that's how I felt inside. And I didn't know this at the time, but he wrote that song. I, I don't know if he wrote it as a prayer, but he was truly screaming for help. He, John Lennon was screaming for help, and that helped me to really scream for help. And I feel like God really did answer my prayer. And again, I'm not going to say, oh, that happened. I asked for help, and here I am. I'm a Catholic priest. No, it's been a journey. I'm not perfect. It's been a journey. But I did find that that desire, that desire that I had, Back when I was eleven, going into you know to be cool, to want more, right? That that's actually that's a good thing. God gives us desire because ultimately, what it's all about, and what we all want deep, 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 deep down, is we just wanna we want to be loved. We want to know that we are loved, and 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 that takes the form of usually acceptance and friends but we want to know that we're enough. See, when I was 11, I didn't know that I was enough because I was having all these different voices telling me that I wasn't enough, that I wasn't cool enough, that I wasn't good-looking enough, that I wasn't popular enough, that I wasn't athletic enough, that I wasn't smart enough. And I started to listen to that. So I was like, okay, well, if I'm not enough, then I'm going to do whatever it takes to be enough. But God didn't judge me for that. Because all I really wanted was to be loved, but I was going about it in ways that, that, that was not fulfilling that ache in my heart. And you have that ache too. Every single person that has a human heart has that ache, has that longing to love and to be loved. Because it was put there by God. And I have bad news for you. Nothing in this earth, on this earth, nothing in this life will ever ever fulfill completely totally fulfill that longing that ache that desire that we have nothing in this life will and i know that sounds sad and i know that sounds depressing but that's not the end of the story because there is someone that can and there is someone that will and i know okay here's the god part right god can and god will well yeah that's true but what's your image of god because if your image of god is just somebody that you know First of all, you may not even believe in God. There's a lot of people that don't believe in God, but maybe you're like me and you didn't really have a close relationship with God. You weren't that religious, but you believe God exists. You, be, you believe he created the world. You believe he was all powerful, you know, but you kind of just use them as like a jack in the box. You know what I mean? Like you kind of just like, you know, when you needed them, you kind of, you know, let them pop up. And then when you were done, you, you know, put them back underneath the bed. Some people think that God is just some, some really old dude in the sky. I mean, we, we, we even see this in some of our art, right? In, in, because you can't see God, right? I mean, what do we know about, about God? We know that Jesus was like this, you know, he died at the age of 33. And we know when we hear about the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit came down like a dove. And then we think of the Father, so we just think of this older guy. So sometimes you'll see in a church or in art, When you see the Trinity, the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, you'll see like this really, really, really old gray headed bearded dude, and then like this younger 33 year old bearded dude and a bird. But God's not just some old dude, some middle aged dude, and a bird. God is love. God is love. God doesn't just have love, God doesn't just give love. God is love. It is his essence, it is his being. He is is an eternal exchange of love. He's like this love bomb explosion going on from all eternity. Before there ever was, God is. What does that mean? Before there was anything, God was. Sometimes we refer to him as the uncreated creator or the uncaused cause. You know, science... Which I love. I'm not that smart, but I, I I like science. You know, science is good. Catholicism is not against some people say, oh, religion versus science. Well, not Catholicism. Okay, maybe some certain, you know, fundamental tracts of Christianity, but but no. I mean, did you know that like the Big Bang Theory and not the TV show, but like, you know, the Big Bang Theory of how the universe started and existed, okay, which all scientists believe. Did you know that the Big Bang theory was that a Catholic priest came up with that? His name was Father George Lemaître. The Big Bang theory that everyone accepts, a Catholic priest came up with that theory. Go look it up. And here's the thing. They could tell us how far back the universe goes. What is it? I think it's sometimes I read that it's 13.8 billion years ago when the Big Bang happened. Some people say it's 14.3 billion years ago, whatever. 14 billion years ago. We could say that it happened, but scientists still don't know what caused it. All the, think about all these amazing, smart people. They don't know, there's no, we don't know what caused it. Now we, people of faith, would call that, that thing, what caused it God, the uncaused cause, the uncreated creator. God is. Sometimes we say that God created everything out of nothing, but that's not true. God created everything out of himself because he is life. He is existence. Everything. God exists outside of time. You have to understand that. We exist in space and time. God exists outside of space and time. But out of sheer love, not because he needed anyone to share his love with, because remember, he is a communion of love. Out of sheer love, out of sheer gift, he decided to create humanity. Male and female, he created them. Now, a couple years ago, when Pope Francis was in Philadelphia, he said, for the World Meeting of Families, he said that God, this Trinity, this Father-Son, this love bomb explosion going on, he said that when God decided to create the human race, he poured everything that was in himself into the human family. Male and female, he created them. In the image of God, he created them. Which means that man and woman... Male and female were made in the very image and likeness of God, which means that we were made in the image and likeness of love, which means our purpose is to love and to be loved. That is the purpose of life. Now, I know this sounds great and beautiful, but look around. That's not the reality of this world. And that's because now we live in a fallen world. We live after the fall, after original sin. And I just don't have the time tonight to get into the entire story of salvation. We just, we just don't have the time. But the, there was a, a original sin, which brought sin and death into the world. God never intended us to die. Death is not of God. Death is a result of sin, period. Death is a result of sin. Well, why didn't God prevent that? Because he, if God is love, then he had to provide free will. Because love doesn't force Love doesn't pressure. Love is free. So he created us with the ability to choose and to follow him or to disobey and to not follow him. And then that's the consequences. But yet he loved us so much that that wasn't the end of the story. He didn't say, you guys screwed up. He said, I myself am going to become one of you. Think about this for a second. I was talking about Elvis before. Elvis has a song called uh, Hunk of Burning Love. He's like, hunk of hunk of burning love. I'm just a hunk, a hunk of burning love. God is an eternal divine hunk, a hunk of burning love. All right? Burning with fire. There's a door. Come on, baby, light my fire. Come on, set the night on fire. God is love, the fire of love, and he created us to live forever. This eternal God outside the space of time became one of us. That's what we just celebrated at Christmas. He became one of us to save us. By dying, he destroyed death. By rising from the dead, he opened the gates of everlasting life so that we can live forever. So what does this have to do with prayer? What does this have to do with desire? We are made for the infinite. This life is a gift. This world is a gift, but it's not our final destination. We were made for more. We were made for eternity. You might have a body that's going to die, but your soul is eternal. And even our bodies will be raised one day and glorified. That is Catholic teaching. Jesus Christ rose, a bodily resurrection. One day, the bodies of all the people that the Lord Jesus saves are going to be glorified. Our bodies matter. Our bodies mean something. They were made in the image and likeness of God. But that's a topic for a whole other day. The point here is this. Is that you want to know why drugs, alcohol, Sex, I don't know, fame, power, wealth. You want to know why that doesn't satisfy? Because our desire is ultimately for the infinite. We have an infinite desire that cannot be satisfied by finite things. So, what is prayer? Prayer is more than just saying an our father, prayer is more than just saying the Hail Mary, although those, those are great things. Ultimately, prayer is about taking that desire for the infinite to the infinite, to the infinite one. Our desire for the infinite, lowercase I, to the infinite, capital I, God, the infinite one. Prayer is is taking our ache to the only one who could truly satisfy that ache. Prayer is taking our desire to the only one who can truly satisfy that desire. We were made for more people we were made for more. But he didn't just abandon us. And he didn't just say, hey, uh, I did what I did. I died. I rose from the dead. And I went back to heaven. Good luck. Here's a bunch of rules. Here's a church. And uh, I hope you make it to heaven. No. He left us. <laughs> in leaving, he left us himself in the Eucharist. You want to be in union with God. You want to have communion with God when we receive Holy communion, we are in union with divine love, with this eternal love. What is prayer? It's 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 love shared between two friends. Only this time your friend is the god of the universe. You ever see ET? ET, right? Some 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 of you not see ET? Do I have to explain it? It's alright, like ET was this. Well, he's not real. It's a movie. And uh, and, um, he's this alien, this little alien dude, who, you know, I guess his family, they came here on the spaceship, and they all left, and he was stranded here. And he's not of this world, but he becomes friend with a human boy, Elliot. And he starts to really like the things of this world. He actually starts to love the things of this world, and he loves his friend Elliot. But at a certain point, there's this longing for more. There's there, this, this desire for communion with his, his real home, which is in another world. And so much so that when he talks about his other home, when he says he wants to commune with his other home, E.T. phone home, E.T. phone home, his, his heart is burning on fire. Literally, it, it gets red and it, and it lights up. Because he, he, he's, he's on fire for his, his true home. This is my timer here. And guess what? I'm not saying that prayer is the same exact thing as E.T. phone home. but That's certainly one analogy that we could use for it. You, just like in your, in, in, in your own way, how, well, however E.T. contacted, it's us contacting not just another world, God himself. There's more than one way to pray. But I'm going to leave you with one specific, one specific example, because I think concrete examples are OK. Remember, it's a relationship. It's a dialogue. Don't just say prayers. Let him speak to you. I went on an eight-day silent retreat once, eight days of silence. I'm not telling you that you have to do that. But holy moly. I heard God speak, and I don't mean in an audible voice, but the Lord, God speaks the loudest to us in the language of silence. You want to know what God's plan is for you? You want to hear how much he loves you? Take time to be quiet with him. We live in such a noisy world. If you're going to do one thing, just take some time. Start with one minute a day. One minute. You, you, you Try putting away your phone for 60 seconds. You might start to twitch. Give them five minutes. Start small, and then you're gonna, your heart's going to start to long for more. While I was on that eight-day silent retreat, he told me things about myself. He revealed things about my childhood. He helped heal some memories that I have. It was the best eight days of my entire life. And I had no idea how loved I was. And he told me that he was enough for me, that I was his little boy, and that he was my father, and that he would never abandon me. On that retreat, they taught all of us a way to pray called A-R-R-R, like R, like a pirate. The A stands for acknowledge. Just take the time to acknowledge what's going on. Your thoughts, your feelings, your fears, your anxieties, your gratitudes, your joy. Just take a moment to recognize what am I thinking, what am I feeling, acknowledge. And then the first R is relate. Relate it to him. Relate it to God. Tell him what you're thinking, tell him what you're feeling, tell him what you're scared of, tell him what you're grateful for. Acknowledge, relate. Then, and this is the hardest part because we get impatient, receive. Let God, speak back to you. And again, I don't mean audibly, but trust me, you'll know. Take time to receive what God has to give to you. You're going to give him yourself. He will give you himself. And then the last R is to respond, to go, to respond in gratitude, to be renewed. Very simple. Acknowledge, relate, receive, receive return. Because then you're changed. My friends, I would have never in 20,000 million years ever thought that I would become a Catholic priest. It was the furthest thing from my mind. It is ridiculous that I am now a Catholic priest. I got a phone call today from a funeral home from my hometown in Garfield telling me that Miss Matarato died and that she wanted me to do her funeral. Miss Matarano was the vice principal of the middle school whose office I was in all of the time. She was tough and we were all scared of her and I gave her hell. She sees my transformation We meet here and there over the years. And now, I am going to say her funeral? She wants me to say her funeral mass? That's not something that I did. That's something that God did. I was not not deserving of that. That's a God moment. That's a holy moment. And that has nothing to do with me. God wants to use you for amazing things. You guys have a purpose. You guys have a meaning. You have a purpose. You are enough. You are unique, you are unrepeatable, and you are indispensable. I will repeat that. Every single one of you is unique. Every single one of you is indispensable, and every single one of you is unrepeatable. There will never be another you. There was never another you. There is not now. There never will be. You're not throwawayable. You're not trash, and you are unique. There's no other you. My friends, it's been an absolute honor to be here today. And I just hope that you go home renewed and that you just start to pray. Just give your heart to his and let him give his his heart to yours. I'll be happy to go around to all your groups after this. And I just ask that you pray for me and pray for my priesthood. And I promise that I will pray to you. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit.